Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and it's the morning after the night before. The injury hit Reds trailed 1-0 at half-time to Luton but came roaring back with goals from Van Dijk, Gakpo, Diaz and Elliot to extend our lead at the top to four points. Uh, joining me this morning to talk about this one, I've got Paul Natten and Dan Thomas. All right, Paul, you're the, uh, the Scotty Pippen to my Michael Jordan today, which I guess, <laughs> I guess that makes Dan Dennis Rodman. <laughs> the worm. Dan's the worm. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean he's... Are you shagging Madonna, Dan? <laughs> they can always be arranged, Paul. <laughs> Very good. Oh, my God. Uh, what a start. What a start, indeed. <laughs> okay, Paul, um, sum that up for us. Oh, fucking hell. What an absolutely mad, mad game. It was, oh, Bizarre, crazy. Oh, so, I mean, so up and down. It was just, just mental-like. I mean, should have known beforehand it was going to be a mad one when, uh, when when your dad made his, I think, his first appearance of the season at the Chippy and uh, yeah. proceeds to tell us how it's all going to be fine because Queeve's in goal and nothing can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he lets one through his legs for the first yeah game. yeah yeah <clears throat> and I must admit like I was I, I I do not get spooked at Anfield at all I can't remember the last time I've been worried and I, in fact I find it like both a little bit laughable and also frustrating when the crowd gets edgy yeah even in little moments or in games I just think why we're just we're just absolutely imperious at Anfield we hardly ever lose hardly ever drop points under Klopp you know going nearly nine years it's very rare that we drop points at all at Anfield, no matter what the competition. Mm. Um, but I, I must admit, I was I was a little bit spooked beforehand when I think did, was it you that put in the group chat about Maka as well as Mo and Darwin not being on the team bus? Yeah, he, he wasn't spotted getting off the bus at the hotel. Someone That's had videoed it. it. But um, that could have just been he was still on the bus doing something, or he was meeting up. Yeah, with them later. yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. But was... that just made me think when I when I read that, I was all I, I kind of in my head. I thought, well, there's not going to be any Mo or Darwin anyway. I kind of resigned myself to that. Yeah. But then I'm thinking, fucking hell, not what we so, need. Not what we need at all. Because I'm thinking that that's the my mind then starts. Thinking, well, Harvey's going to play in the front three anyway, but then there's going to be no real proven number eights if Macca's not playing. And then I'm thinking, how the fuck are we going to score? Mm-hmm. And where's the control going to be? So uh, going into it, I'm uh, like just thinking, my mind's racing on to the to the problems, which, as I said, is not like me. I normally always, uh, pretty much always, see the positives and think things are going to be fine. That w- that wasn't the case today. And then I just felt the first half, um, it was just clueless headless it was abject i thought um the shape was weird and shit harvey was just far too deep and so was bradley as a result i thought diaz was incredibly wasteful just frustratingly wasteful kelleher kept playing that long ball down the middle which kept going to their players we didn't get we got nothing from those i thought gakpo was isolated we wasted a load of corners and it just felt like we were just we just didn't know what we were doing. They obviously scored pretty early. I think it was about it was about ten twelve minutes something like that. And then the mood in in the ground just just went downhill. Really, crowd was very edgy, very very twitchy, and I just couldn't really see 
where the changes were going to come from, just given what was on the bench. Albeit, like I'm telling myself at the time, Klopp, we know, is absolutely sensational at making half-time tweaks in terms of his message to the players and readjusting what they do on the pitch. And we also know that despite the fact that there's only really kids on the bench, he's well, he is, in my view, the best elite manager in the world at, at, at getting something out of young players. So my head is my head's telling me those things, and yet my eyes and my gut are telling me something different. Uh, and then second half, I mean, fucking hell, it was just it was sensational, absolutely sensational. I think um, that's got to be one of the best, if not the best, atmospheres of the season. Yeah. Um, especially after the second goal went in, I thought the first one was great. The second goal, it went absolutely nuts. Well, it kept coming so quickly after uh, after Virgil's equaliser, and I think at that stage it just it was kind of like it, it just became febrile. Really, it was there was real excitement in the ground. Um, it felt like the team were absolutely dominant and, and, and on top, and um, yeah, it turned out to be a brilliant result and performance when we absolutely needed that. But it, it seemed anything but um, a half time. So yeah, strange, strange game. But obviously, we've come away from it delighted. Still top of the league. The title challenge is still on. We can go into Sunday without a massive cloud hanging over us. So, yeah, mad game, but, but brilliant feeling this morning. Yeah, I mean, I think you put in the in the chat at half-time that you were worried and um, Brownie, of all people, was calling you a shithouse, wasn't he? Or a tart or something. <laughs> yeah, but... well, that's normally what I call everybody else when they have a little wobble. They get called a tart and Brownie threw it back at me. And I had to, I had to say, fair enough, like... But it's uh, I, that was just the way I was feeling it. Honestly, it was just it was it was just the circumstances. I think with all the injuries, and I was definitely spooked by the Macca shout. No Macca. That on top of everything else, that made me think, "Fucking hell, we're gonna have absolutely nothing in terms of supply for the front line." And Harvey being in the front line will um, will hurt us as well. But you know, I mean, fair play to to Harvey as well. Second half, it has hit him as much as anybody really rose to the occasion. Second half, so yeah, yeah. Uh, in the end, all good. Dan, you're the notorious warrior in the group. How were you feeling at half time? Don't you dare tell me you felt relaxed. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I, I wasn't actually all that worried because in the first half, yes, we were behind, but we should have been 2-0 up before before Luton scored. We, like Diaz should have had a hat-trick in the first half at least. Uh, he had a very strange game where it seemed that everything was falling his way and credit to him for just getting his head up every time and keeping on going. So, no, I, I wasn't really that worried. What I was possibly a bit more worried about was that um, I absolutely bawled down someone's ear because lots of people turned up late last night when there'd been an early kick-off. I think it caught a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. as Diaz went through and curled it just wide, kind of the second chance that he had, um, this big blockhead stood in front of me when, when that was happening so he got an absolute ear bashing straight down his ear calling him a selfish bearded prick um, so that had kind of put my camera out to kilter and um, the, what did the Jill most un- say to that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be able to look round Jules uh, and uh, I can't imagine prank- you doing aggressive Dan you're, su- you're such a you're such a laid back uh, calm guy I can't imagine you doing aggressive at all <laughs> Was he wearing uh, a referee's uniform? <laughs> no, but he was wearing a, a replica kit on a, a, with no coat on, over his 
um, bastard over, over his hoodie. That that's that's a bit of a red flag. However, ignoring him, the worst crime I committed <laughs> last night, and this is something that you're going to both give me grief for. I actually changed my chippy order. Um, <laughs> I always no, have that, chips and that gravy. worked out well though. It, well, it did in the end, yeah. But at half time, I'm sat there contemplating. I'm coming on this podcast tomorrow, and I've changed to chips and curry sauce as a one-off. And yeah, um, Jules did the same, didn't he? Jules had salt. Jules went salt and pepper chips yeah, with, with his pie gravy. Pie and gravy yeah. <laughs> Weird, though. <laughs> yes, it's an it either or. It's not, yeah. it's not nice, both. <laughs> nice those salt and pepper chips, though. I reckon I'm having them next time. Yeah. They, were, they were delicious. But, but um, moving back to the, the, the football of the, the TLW podcast, um, we'd created that many chances, despite not playing too great. I, I wasn't too worried. And you always feel with Liverpool, if they step it up just 5% or, or 10% against better teams, we will steamroll the people. And even though it wasn't a full-strength team, it's the power of Anfield, it's the power of Jürgen, um, and Hurricane Liverpool was in effect, in full effect in the second half, and there's nothing that Luton could do. I mean, Rob Edwards was, was very complimentary about us, wasn't he, after, after the yeah. game? And Top you know, it, Yes, he yeah, is. And yeah, I've yeah. got a lot of time for his team. Yes, mm-hmm. the defensive Same. plan seems to be get everyone in the TAS mission and choke them out. Um <laughs> They were very physical, and obviously we had a, a lot of young lads out there who maybe aren't a match for for Luton physically. But um, they are good at what they do. They the can play as well, Dan. They can play. They do, they well, do they play. Just pros, Yeah, they don't just hoof it. They, know, they yeah. try and play a bit of football, try and keep it, try and back themselves in possession. But ultimately, they're going to get overwhelmed by teams like us when we play like that. Because even with um, Nobody else has done it though, Dan. They only ever lose by one goal. True, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, how United beat them on on Sunday, I'll never know. United spawn machine seems to be in full effect at the moment. It does, um, which is annoying because I, I enjoy seeing them suffer. But um, they're, they're on a decent run at the moment, aren't they? But they're still well adrift. But yeah, it was such a, a critical game. I know we've got a, a, an arguably bigger one on Sunday. Some will argue that it's not as big as as the league. Which I can understand, but we, we had to, to let rip with the team we had more or less. You know, like the, the changes that we, we made were not like we, we, you look at the bench and it's like, well, if we need a goal, if we're still 1 0 down with 10 minutes to go, like where, where do we turn, realistically Dancy. speaking? Well, he, he looked good when he came on, didn't he? he? Did and we'll, 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 yeah. we'll come on to that, I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, um, I, I wasn't too worried in, in the original point, no, which isn't like me. Um, I was more worried about the fact that if we did lose, uh, I'd ordered curry sauce and chips, and I quite enjoyed it. So I can have that again without worrying. <laughs> I I wasn't worried either. I was mildly concerned only because of the the stakes involved. If that was just like a, a a normal game, if we were like well clear at the top, or if we were well back and it didn't matter, I would have just expected us to roll them over second half, and not not just because it's Anfield and oh we'll we'll turn it round. Based on what I've seen in the first half, because I was amazed at how open that game was. I the, the gaps between Luton's midfield and defence, it was it was fucking unbelievable. Because I thought they'd just be like dead compact and hit us on the break and make it difficult for us. There was space everywhere, and we just didn't take advantage of it because the the final pass was either shit or Diaz was wasting a chance. There was just so many opportunities for us to do stuff there. Right were they the going man the for man, Dave? Did yeah, you think? I think I think that's what it was. They were was, just yeah. man for man marking, and that just meant there was like nobody in the middle of the pitch because like, well, our players were going all over the place. And I, I definitely think 
the way we played was was based on that because Diaz was all over the place. Diaz was hardly ever on the left wing. Diaz was just popping up everywhere. Harvey, Harvey was moving well. around everywhere yeah. as well. I definitely think that it was it, that's where the sp- there was space everywhere because they were just following man for man and it was leaving big gaps. So then you play it in like to to Gakpo or to to Gravenberg in the middle and you wanting them to get turned and running at them and that happened plenty of times. Like I just at the end of it, we just didn't didn't capitalize, and it it happened right from the start. I think it was like the a minute, maybe two minutes in, and there's a ball over the top, and Diaz is like running clear, and it's like how's that happened against a team who you'd think would just be sitting deep in numbers? You don't expect a ball like that to be catching them out, and I thought like Diaz had a lot of chances in the game. I thought that one was by far the worst. Because he's running onto a bouncing ball and the goalkeeper's coming out. There is nothing easier than just lobbing it over the goalkeeper when it's a bouncing ball. It's not like the Nunes finished the other day when it hit the ball's on the ground and you've got to scoop it. A bouncing ball, it's the easiest finish in the world because it just the motion of just like hitting that ball in the air, it's going to come down. It's so easy to do. And he didn't take the shot for some reason. He just hesitated, hesitated. And then he ends up like can't even remember what happened. I think he got tackled and he just didn't get his shot away and he got tackled. I'm like, oh, that was such, it was an open goal, basically. Because all you got to do is get it over the keeper and it's an open goal. So that was the worst one. And then he had the one which you mentioned before, Dan, when he, he put it wide. I thought that was unlucky. That's just one of them things. He's oh, tried to I, bend I, it in the corner and he's he, he's not missed by much, but it's on his I left foot. I think that was good, though. It's not an easy I, I, chance, though. It's like, you, know, it's, you can hit the target and people go, oh, you know, is it the target? But you're probably not going to score just by hitting the target. You've got to go for the corner. He tried to bend it and he's just not, not bent it enough. I can live with a miss like that. That's just one of them yeah. things. The, the first one when he didn't take the shot, I'm like, what are you doing? Maybe it was too early in the game for him, or I, I don't know, but that, that was bad. But we had so many opportunities in that first half. Diaz had four or five. Um, you know, there was other chances where, like, Gravenberg could have played Gakpo in and he's had a shot and just little things like that. Um, but Klopp was going fucking ballistic at the at the main stand again, and the cop as well. He was having a go at the cop at one point, but mostly like at the main stand. And it it wasn't so much having a go at the main stand itself. It was certain individuals like sat behind the bench, and he's picked up on stuff they've said. And the one was when Harvey was pl- trying to play a little through ball for Diaz, and I don't think Diaz covered himself in glory with, with like no, no didn't make good run. runs, did he? And, and I don't think you know Harvey's then hit the pass at the wrong time and he's overhit it and it's gone yeah. out and it come just after Harvey had, had done something else where he'd given it away and some dickhead in the main stands obviously shouted something like you know fuck off Elliot or whatever something along those lines it'll have been because Klopp immediately turned around and he was pointing at this specific guy and he was fucking screaming at him and a lot of the time I just think you know what Jürgen just fucking shut up and coach the game don't be worrying about that but I feel like last night it was justified because there was there was panic starting to set in to, was. to, to some it extent definitely was. it wasn't the yeah. whole crowd it's not like everyone was shitting themselves but there was enough of an undercurrent and building throughout yeah, the half as well to make you think oh, just fucking relax will you so in the first half yeah it's Luton Town we're getting beat 1-0 but we're creating chances this is not a time to be panicking. The goal will come. You just got to just chill out a little bit. But you could you could sense it was building a bit, and that's why Klopp was getting like really agitated about it. And he said like, uh, "It is 
his reason for why the first half went the way it was was we were in too much of a rush in the final third. And I think that's probably right. I'd, I'd, I'd put it down to us just being shit in the final third. But, you know, it's two sides of the same coin, I suppose. We were shit because we were rushed. You know, we just kept making bad decisions or, like, you know, poorly executed passes or finishes. But it was heartening that there was the game was so open because it's not what I thought it would be. I thought Luton would just be, like, really tight and... You know, it'd be scrappy and we'd have to fight for every chance that we got. That wasn't the case. It was like, it was really easy getting into the final third. And when we're getting in there, sometimes we're like, you know, 1v1 against the defender or 2v2. I'm like, where, where are all their players? But it must have just been because of the, the man marking aspect. They just weren't all like sat in a low block. So I wasn't that bothered at half time. I was annoyed. I was frustrated at, at like how poor we'd been in the final third. But I did think we're going to create loads of chances in the second half. And you know, you, you've just got to make sure you take one. The one concern was I did think they carried a threat on the break. Yeah. You know, that Og Benny is, like, so quick. It's All it takes is, like, one pass in behind for him and then he's squaring it and someone's got to tap in, you know, and that almost happens at one point. He did get behind, but nothing came of it. So that was the only thing. That I thought if it goes 2-0, the crowd's going to totally... Well, ju- just before the their goal, Doughty had flashed one across across the goal, hadn't he? And um, so just before it went 1-0, they'd had another yeah. opportunity. So they, yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought they were... They weren't, they weren't constantly threatening, but they had a threat about them. They did have the capacity yeah. to to uh, to create something. Because they were putting men forward. They weren't, they weren't scared. Yeah. They weren't like yeah. playing defensive at all. They were having a yeah. go. Uh, Dan... The goal. What are your What are your thoughts on the usual? Would Allison have saved that? Which is what we ask every time a goal goes in. I'm saying probably, but I don't yeah. necessarily class it as a bad mistake. What What are your thoughts, Dan? I think it's it's a it's a mistake. I don't think it's a bad one, but it, it's kind of just popped through his legs, hasn't it? Which is it's not the first time we've we've said that this season. Um, f- for me, what what troubled me was that Chong made the run from midfield far too easily. Um, he, he managed to burst into the box, and you could see that coming, couldn't you? Um, but he, he got away, and, and I, I think he's gone for a shot, and it, it's turned into a cross. It's it's oh, it's definitely a shot. Oh, definitely bundled, a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was anticipating the cross, wasn't he? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this whole front-footed goalkeepers thing before, haven't we? Um, and he's he's tried to. I think he's tried to flick it away with his feet, possibly. And it's just um, gone through his legs, and it's it's an easy header at the back post. But yeah, for, for me, the the what what annoyed me about that goal more was the fact that Chong kind of just had a an easy run, he was easy, easily able to bundle his way through and and, and get the the shot come crossing. Um, so I don't think it's a, a huge goalkeeping mistake. Would Allison have saved it? Probably. Can we hold Kelleher to, Kelleher to those standards? No. Is it an unforgivable snake? Absolutely not. Mm. So it's it's mountains are being made out of more hills with that one, I would say. But I, I do want the goalkeeper to do better there, to be honest. Klopp said afterwards that they had, uh, you know, they were getting in down our right hand side a little bit too easily. I think that's kind of understandable, you know, with, with the the changes that are being made and players who've yeah. not played together before. Like Connor Bradley's not played that many games, and I doubt he's played many with with Harvey as like the um the the right sided forwards. And with McAllister as the the right sided eight, you know, so that's like the first time they'll have all been together. And Harvey going wandering as well, that was definitely a factor. Yeah, I just feel like you're going to have some teething problems, which we sorted out as the game went on. But 
it, when a game starts and everyone's like in sort of like they're not all in unfamiliar positions, but we've got enough players who are like Mac has not played many games as the eight. Harvey's not played many in the front three. Bradley's not played many full stop. You've got Quanser as the right sided centre back as well. So there's not like you're not putting a team out that's played like fifty games together and, and they all know where everyone's going to be and all that. There's going to be little moments of uncertainty where you think somebody else is picking up that player, but they're not, and it's down to you. And I think that happened a little bit in the first half, but then we sorted it out, because the second half, I thought, like, Luton didn't really threaten much other than Barkley running through the middle and then either having a shot or trying to play a through ball, but they didn't really cause us too many problems because we sorted all of that out. But I do think, like, that's just a natural result of when you have to make so many changes. You're going to have certain situations where there's, there's, like bit of disorganisation, uncertainty, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, uh, I think the ch- the chances that we missed in the first half are the, the reason why fans got edgy. And you know what it reminded me of? I, I can't remember which game it was, but you remember um, Klopp lost his shit and, and the reason he was, he was really pissed off was because he feels... It was... I think it was after the United game, what, the home game after the United game, and... Because we'd missed so many chances the, the week before, I think it was a cup game, and we missed a couple of chances. Might be a Europa League game actually. We missed a few chances, and Klopp was going mad because the fans were. The reaction wasn't like, "Oh, we've just nearly scored," you know, cheering, clapping, saying, "Come on, lads, keep it going." It was like people just holding the the the, the head in their hands and going, "Oh, we've missed another one," and he got really pissed off about that. And I think that's that was his feeling last night. It was like, you know, we're creating these chances. You should be like just every chance should see the noise level just go up that little bit more. You build that big crescendo, you're putting the pressure on them, and then the goal comes. And that's what happened in the second half, really. You know, we just we got a little bit of momentum built, didn't we? We were playing at a higher tempo, winning the ball. Even and I think the the catalyst for that, well, there was two things really. There was the Diaz chance where the defenders made a brilliant block. And then immediately after, like the ball comes back to Diaz, and there's the handball shout, which isn't given. And it wasn't wasn't a handball. No, I don't think so either. I, no I, I don't, don't want to see penalties given for that. It does. It does, his arm does block the ball, and it may well be going in. But I do not want to see penalties given for that at all. It's totally accidental. As his arms, like it's, it's totally a natural position. It's a running motion. It's his back yeah. arm, isn't it? His yeah. back arm stuck out behind him, but like, and he no. turned his face away. Yeah. He turned his face away to avoid getting hit, which is why his arm came behind him a little bit. Absolutely not a penalty, but a good thing in the sense that when you when you've got that sense of injustice, you you get that bit more loud and you know vociferous and that. So it was just it all contributed to it. But there was one. It was this. This happened just before the first goal. And I think it typified the second half. It's like Harvey gets the ball and he starts running with it. And normally he knew he's not going to outpace everybody, but like normally he would stop and he would come back and he'd play a pass inside. He didn't. He just carried on running. So he runs all the way into the box and he loses the ball. Then he tries to win it back and he does enough to just like put the defender off, and then Gakpo comes in and wins it and gets a shot away straight away. Oh, it was a lovely shot, that. And Down go, to the keeper's The keeper saves it for a corner, yeah. and we score from the corner. But yeah. that all comes because Elliot was like, Tenacious. I'm just going to drive forward here. Yeah. And nothing came of what he did himself, but it's that mentality. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go at you, and then when we lose it, we're just going to win it back, and we're going to go at you again. And I feel like that summed up the second half, just the whole like positive approach to it. 
You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members-only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. I totally agree with what you're saying there about Harvey in terms of that that kind of that, that, that kind of really t- a, a tenacious, aggressive mentality that he's got, and I think you know people question Harvey about his about his lack of pace. And also that he's a little bit undercooked physically, although I think we've seen him develop. That I'm attitude not is about the pace, no yeah, but physicality the, doesn't. Well, I, uh, that attitude plus the fact that he's developed, he needs to develop his core strength a little bit more. But I get the sense he's kind of like using Mo as his role model for Definitely, that, yeah. and he'll, he'll he'll develop. But I think, given his mentality, his intelligence, and his touch, I think all of those things with a little bit more core strength as he just fully grows into his adult body will will compensate for the lack of pace and I, I just contrast them a little bit with Diaz because I think Diaz has gone through some understandable in a way real sort of emotional mental wobbles this season and I think what he is lacking quite a lot um, is that kind of intent to just drive past players to take to, to really back his own natural talents so, you know, we, I want him to go on the outside a little bit more. I want him to just burst past people. So I think it was the, the I think the moment you were talking about before when the tackle came in, he didn't put the ball in. It's the centre half with the braids. I can't remember what his name is. That lad. I thought he played well. That defender. Um, he had a moment, Diaz, where he kind of like he, he went on the outside and he should have been past him. And if he'd been more aggressive, he kind of got like half a, half a yard, half a pace beyond him, and should have then just like stepped in, bit of. Bit of shoulder into the side of him, burst past and put the shot in. But he didn't. He was a little bit more circumspect, allowed the defender to just get his foot in and make the tackle. And I think we see that time and time again from him. Now, to be fair, to be fair to him, second half, I felt like he didn't let that get to him and he was more of a threat and obviously he got his goal. But I think that, that for me, is, a, is an issue with D. I think I, I need, we need to see him come through. Um, I just want to see... I don't feel with him... The, the the mentality is there in terms of the self belief, the aggression, the determination to just take people on and go for it because his raw, his raw talent is all all the all the the, the wider package, uh, all his attributes are ones which should see him being a real threat. If he had, a, a, I mean, it's, it's not a fair comparison really, but I want him to have that more of that uh, Sadio warrior mentality. If he had more of that mentality, he's got all the physical attributes. To, to be a, a real, real dangerous player up front. But I just think sometimes he's just he doesn't impose himself quite enough. And I think the flip side is that Harvey was determined that he was going to impose himself. And I, I, th- I think it came, we saw that brilliantly in that moment you just described there. Um, so yeah, to- totally agree with your comments about Harvey there. It was good to see, particularly as I think he'd been on the receiving end of quite a few of the groans first half. And I didn't think he was bad in the first half. I think there's just a couple of moments that... <laughs> Made his performance look like yeah, look and worse definitely than it what you said because look, look Diaz at that not pass that he the played. You know the chance when Diaz curled it wide that we were talking about. The yeah. pass from Harvey is, is fucking brilliant to yeah. even see that pass. Never mind execute it. So it's not like he was he was bad in the first half. He just had a couple of bad moments which sort of clouded 
everything else. But with Diaz, I, I agree with that. All I would say is I think he had that before his injury, and I think he's just not quite got that back yet, that like explosiveness to go on the outside. He's he's always like a little bit hesitant as yeah, he, it's it's in his body language, you it's can in his see face as he's well. He's going yeah, on the outside. You know he's gonna he's going on the outside, but there's no conviction when he actually does it. No, and I just agreed. think that's something he's not got back since the injury, but maybe that'll I be hope next that's right. season. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think he will get it back. It's just oh, it does this take a while. Mean, you know, maybe maybe I mean a, a broader point about tonight is particularly with so many sort of peripheral and young players experiencing you know, a proper febrile um, atmosphere at Anfield is that maybe they will they'll draw something from it. You know, maybe they'll take some they'll take some belief in themselves as individuals and themselves as a team from 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 tonight because I think that's one of the things that our great teams we shouldn't underestimate the impact of these performances and nights at Anfield that they 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 they, they, they definitely take something from it. I think psychologically from yeah. coming through. Big performances and big results, and you might say, "What you know? What you're on about? A big result there, like against Luton, you know, when we're still in February." Um, but I, I compared think, it to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think if there's one person who can go more over the top than me, it's Jurgen Klopp. And I think he has there. Like, um, but yeah, I do, I do think that there is that, that the the players need to draw on experiences like tonight, and I, and I think they will, and hopefully he'll do the same, and we'll see it in the in the the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, so the first goal, I said to me dad when we got the corner, I said one of the centre-halves is getting on the end of this because they've just missed, a few corners have come in and they've just not quite, it's just gone over their heads, they've just not got their defenders got there, but I felt like that was coming and then Virgil just <laughs> heads it in. Oh my goodness, he was just imperious wasn't he Dan? Did you see that yeah. coming Dan? Um, yeah, because Virgil won, I think, pretty much every header yeah. in the game that he, that he went for. I, personally, I thought he was uh, man of the match last night because he, he won yeah. every yeah, header. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree Every well. single header. And his leadership as well. Captain's example, getting the crucial Absolutely. Goal. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's been a really good choice as captain, actually. Um, Same. Yeah. We weren't really too surprised when he was appointed, were we, back in, in the summer, but he's he's gone on to... I wasn't to too thrilled either, if I'm being no, honest. No, no. I, had, I had reservations, but no, he's totally proven well, me wrong. Well, there weren't loads of candidates, were there, at the time? He, he was pretty no. much the most obvious one, so he's taken the armband and, and, and gone with it, so so good on him. But yeah, um, quality header. And from that moment on, that reminded me a lot of when Endo scored in the Fulham game at Anfield just before Christmas. Like, ball goes in, it's like, right, we are going to go on and win this game now. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it it was, I mean, Rob Edwards is probably quite frustrated to be honest because if you're looting, you, you're thinking right, just keep them out from set pieces. Um, but they, they never had a had a prayer. Of, there was no stopping out. him, was was no, there? I mean, I absolutely I, not. I just felt he was almost derisive of their attempts to stop him. He just absolutely just shrugged off the attempt to block his run, just bullied his way through. And uh, and br- abs- a really really good header. And I, was it was it one the pod recently? You were talking was it you Dave talking about someone heading the ball with their eyes shut? And he he didn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you can see it on. You can say oh maybe I saw it on something else. But he was just it was just a really good um, to get himself in that position to shrug off the challenge to get himself to some space and then direct it with power. 
past the keeper and his eyes followed it all the way in. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. And then just, I don't know, it just, there is something about Virgil in moments like that where he does, he looks like, I mean, he's, he's completely alpha, isn't he? He mm. is, and, and the rest of the team all look to him. And I felt like he then carried that over into the rest of his performance. I thought he was doing things that we don't normally see from him because he felt it was needed as a leader. You know, he carried the ball forward a couple of times. He stayed up front a few times when uh, the ball was up there rather than drop. And it just his, his presence was a really galvanising force, I thought. I, I, th- I think it was one of his best moments as captain last night. And I, I agree, Dan, that he was, he was man of the match for me. I thought he was absolutely imperious. On that note, though, I thought Kwanza was quality as well, and he was. Yeah, he had a few um, matip like runs forward as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, he freaks me out. I mean, how many years have we um, have we talked about um, centre halves needing to be? You know, they don't mature and develop yeah. until later than everybody else. And he is just you look at him play, and he plays like a lad who's ten years older. Like it's he's had, he's got ten know. ten years under his belt. It's I, I've given up. I've given up thinking this is like a pair. And this is just like a, a honeymoon, and it'll it'll settle down to a more normal level. This is this is his level. No, he's really this is good. His level. He's superb. Yeah, so composed. Yep, yeah, he is. Uh, second goal. Which was the second goal? Oh, the second goal. The second throw goal was throw and taken great. quickly, Gakpo. Wasn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was quality. That what a goal, McAllister. Like really quick thinking. The little glance just before he just before he crossed it as well, yes, McAllister and, and the cross just fucking Brilliant. phenomenal. It was, it was Bradley took the throw, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah Bradley throw, McAllister run, brilliant cross, and it's like it's right on Gakpo's head. He's not even off the move. He, yeah, he couldn't miss, could he? No, well, I mean, I suppose he could, but you know, he's he's finished it well. So yeah, but it was all in the cross, wasn't it? The yeah, cross it was, was absolutely yeah, perfect. It was. Then the, the roof nearly come off the place at that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it 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 been building to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like it was it was that was such a crescendo, wasn't it? Because it was just building up to that moment, and then and it came so quickly after the after the equaliser. It was only like two minutes later or something. Yeah, I don't even know. I know it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was two minutes. It was fifty six, fifty eight. Took those two goals. So it was. It was. It just felt like almost all part of the one moment. We get the equaliser, then we go ahead, and at that point, yeah, the roof came right off. It went. It it went nuts. It went nuts in the cop at that stage. It was great. It doesn't feel to me like it was that late. For some reason, I was thinking it was not that long after. After half time, like you know, I was thinking like five minutes or something. That's a little bit surprising to me. That it's on the hour, wasn't it? Just just before the hour. So, was the sub, because Robbo comes on, was that after the second goal? We 2-1 up when that change was made? Or was Robbo on for the second? Ooh. I think yeah, it, it was, was after, it was after it? Yeah. it was afterwards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah, Bradley went off, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt right. more like um, like giving people a little bit of a rest, didn't it? That was and, just protecting our, our yeah. star player for the cup final. That was. <laughs> I mean, it was, wasn't it? Joking it was. about it, was. No, it was. The That's second exactly half, he went into was. midfield, didn't he? He went in like the, the hybrid yeah. role, and he just yeah. was like running the yeah. game from midfield. And it's like, oh my oh, God, we could the, play that lad in midfield. The, and the buzz around him, the buzz around him when he gets on the ball, palpable. He yeah. just, Anfield crackles when he gets on the ball. Everyone is everyone is buzzing off that kid. There's definitely something about him which everyone has latched onto. Yeah. It's, he's, um, he's, he's, he's something else he is. Is special, really special is, the word, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he actually looks like a midfield player, as great as he is at right back in that second half when he's driving through the middle. 
physically like, imposing. Oh my god! Because he was the one who put the chance for, for Diaz when the defenders made that great block. That was like that was from Bradley just running at them, wasn't it? And then just slots a little ball through to him. Yeah, um, and then he had that one save. The keeper got down to save. Oh, that as well. was a great was... save. It was deflected. That and deflected. Keepers, yeah, yeah. The keepers made like three brilliant saves in that second half, Good or the score it. would be even even more emphatic. Because uh, he's made he made that save from Bradley. He made one from uh, what was that? It was a low shot, and he, he dived and saved it. Who's that from? Gakpo, the Gakpo one. Uh, near post. I wasn't even counting that one. Yeah, he's made that save as well when we scored from the corner. Now yeah. he's had one when he's dived to his right, and and he's made a good save. He made a brilliant save from a, another Van Dijk header. I watched that this morning. It's a, it comes off his shoulder, you know. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I've yeah, seen yeah. that. Yeah, 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 it did it his shoulder. Yeah, it's still a good save. Yeah, it, on that though, yeah, you know, you said about like Virgil's just shrugging them off, and it's like, yeah, you're not going to stop me. Did you see who was marking him? No. On on the on the the goal, it was Ogbeni, and on the second one when it's his shoulder, it's Andros Townsend. Sorry, what? Andros Andros Townsend, extremely senior. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was going to say it was Boss Barkley then. <laughs> yeah, he, he, oh, you know, um, this is funny. There was a lad sat next to us. He was sat next to me, Dad, and he, I'd not seen him before. So it's, it's a season ticket seat. So I'm not sure like whether whoever's ticket it was sent it back to the club and this lad got the ticket or whatever. But he's a young lad. He's about 20. Honestly, what a fucking boss lad. He reminded me of me when I was younger. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Because he, he, he was he was standing up and he was shouting stuff and I was just sat there going, ah, oh, you know what? That was me. Like, not, not that long ago. Like, he stood up and he shouted, hey, linesman, you fat cunt. And I'm like, the linesman's not even remotely fat, but like it wasn't it wasn't deterring him. And he kept shouting like, Barkley, you fat blue shite cunt. <laughs> and I was just sat there just nodding my head going, you know what, yeah, that, that was that was me, that. Just ridiculous things he was shouting. Oh, but he, he was fucking boss. He was like such a nice lad and he was like dead enthusiastic and all that. And he's talking to me and my dad and I thought, you know, I wish he sat there every game. He's like such a fucking sound lad. But yeah, when he was just like calling the linesman fat, I'm like, look, the linesman was like a, a proper fucking gym head. You know, you can see he's like, he's one of them. He's like working out all the time. And he must have been fuming, like, you know, because if you put all that work in on your fitness and all that and you've got some knobhead shouting behind you calling you fat, it's like Frank Lampard. That must have bothered Frank Lampard so much because he's such a physical specimen and he was always just going fat Frank. Frank. <laughs> what, it would proper it, wind it, you up, wouldn't it? It wasn't him shouting at, at Jurgen, was it? No, Jürgen it wasn't. Was pointing at... No, it was someone a lot closer to the bench. Uh, but no, this lad was totally supportive. He was sad. Yeah, I, I hope he sits there more often, to be honest. It was, it was good. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Where were we? We're up to the goal, I think. We've just done 2-1, yeah. Oh, yeah, Robbo comes on and makes an impression straight away, doesn't he? Wins the ball. Yeah, well, it was weird their throwing. They took a throwing from sort of down by the left-back position and launched it sort of across into midfield. Robbo, like, Robbo pressed it, won the ball, it broke to Diaz, and then Diaz took it on. And then Robbo kind of, like, followed him in to, to, you know, to offer offer him the pass, and then Diaz... Went, you know, just just wisely chose not to pass yeah, the rubber. Took the right option, <laughs> and I, I I felt like that was that that was the Diaz that I'd wanted to see in the first half. In that that there was real conviction in what he did. There was no sense of doubt. He wasn't hesitant at all. He knew exactly what he was going to do, 
and uh, and did it like and it was i mean at that point like it just became celebratory really i think you know the, the again the roof came off again it was it was it was great this the save i was talking about the keeper made when he's dived to his right it was from diaz diaz is like running across and it gets a shot with his left foot and keeping me the save so diaz could have had like um two or three in the second half never mind the first half yeah but i think with diaz he was frustrating like with his end product but the amount of like ground he covered and he was popping up everywhere and i'd said before the game hadn't i like i feel yeah. like diaz has, has got to really yeah. step up tonight and i think he will yeah. and in the end he did but at half time, I was thinking, yeah, if this is your idea of stepping up, fucking hell. Yeah, it took him a while to get there, didn't he? But he really but did. He, did get there. he took he did responsibility get there. just by like the fact he was involved in everything, and you could see he, he he was. It looked to me like he knew. Okay, a lot of the other forwards aren't here. This is on me now. You know, I'm going to have to step up, and I think he really tried to do that and take responsibility, and he just didn't have the end product. But everything else was really good, I thought, and it's good that he got his goal. And he took it really well. Uh, but the last two goals both come from Robbo just yeah. snapping in there and winning the ball back. Well, it's, it, on the on the on the fourth, Robbo actually gave it. His pass was intercepted, yeah. but then he he, he closed went, it down himself yeah. and got it back. Well, he took a knock, didn't he? At that at, when he when he got it back, he did. And then um, Jaden Dans dropped in to collect it, turned, and then lovely little pass with the outside of his Class. right to play yeah. to play Cody in, and uh, and then. Um, at, at that stage, because he, he was Cody was just in between the two centre halves, but he got tackled. It broke to Harvey, and then just wrapped his foot round it, yeah. and, uh, and 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 that was that. It was great. And I tell you what, I loved about that goal. Did you see all the uh, all the academy lads the, all the, around Harvey yeah. celebrating? The, I was I've, I've got that in my notes. Like the, I've actually taken some notes this morning. I'll take my notes. Like I'd like to see the photograph from that goal yeah. because it's like. Yeah. It's Harvey, and then <laughs> it's just like oh, five kids there. McConnell, with them, Dan's, Bobby Clark. Yeah. I think Quanta was there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, loved it. That that photo will be up in the academy. Yeah, I'm sure. and almost like Harvey. Out. Harvey's the senior man in there. What is what is he like? 20, Twenty, just yeah. But hundredth appearance and yeah. marked it with a goal. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Lovely Absolutely finish brilliant. as well. And apparently, I think I think it was our hundredth goal of the season as well. I think John, did John B put that in there? Yeah. 100th goal of the season, and I think I could be in wrong. Harvey's hundredth game. John did message me with with like with some stats, but it's it's um it's on my phone, and I haven't got my phone to hand. I think it was sixty seven goals now for the the forwards. Sounds about right, yeah. And also, uh, I heard on the radio, and I've not checked this, but if that was Diaz's tenth goal of the season, which they said it was. That's five players and double figures now. It is because Darwin retweeted it. The club put that Did out, it? and Darwin retweeted it. Yeah, so all all five forwards are in double figures, and it's the first time in eight years that we've done it. We did it. We did it eight years ago. Um, so yeah, it's it, it that that is the case. Yeah, all five of them are in double figures. Yeah, now from five, delivering the goods. It's just yeah. a shame two of them were missing. Yeah, uh, but the importance of the and, importance of having five of them, though. You know, we said we said. Yeah. I think I was saying at the start of the season that we might, you know, having five, having five forwards could could be really important and maybe even decisive this season. And and so it's proven, really. It has. Yeah. It's just we're so much better when we've got the five because you you just bring two on with half an hour yeah. to go and yeah. Um, but we still keep racking luxury. up the scores when we've got people missing, aren't we? You know, it's you know, know. four again last night. It's really it, impressive. It feels like we've not had all five all season, does it? Doesn't it? Because of these wretched injury problems yeah. we've been having. It only feels like we've had four, which is still a, a luxury, obviously. But 
Yeah, we've had a few games where we've had all five early in the season, I remember, but not too many recently. Um, obviously, because Mo's been out for a while. Jota's had a couple of uh, spells out. Um, Diaz was away, obviously. No, so we've not had that luxury, but it shows the importance of having the five because when you've got a few missing, you know, like because other teams have had injuries this season as well. Like United have had a fucking shitload of injuries. Chelsea had loads of injuries, but then we've had those injuries and we're top. Like Chelsea have had a load of injuries and the tenth, and it's not just the injuries why Chelsea's tenth, but that's played a part in it because injuries generally. They do set you back and we'll we'll drop you a few places down the league. I mean, we've experienced we that in the last that. few we've, seasons, we've coped. We? You just don't want it. It's like, okay, we've coped, we've done brilliantly here, but give us a fucking break. Let's just have some of them back, please. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've got a cup final on Sunday and we, we don't even know who's going to be available. Like, uh, hopefully, Darwin and Mo were just precautionary and they'll be back for Sunday, but I don't know. It's Klopp wasn't exactly bullish about that, was he? I know. So has gone quiet as well. He, he yeah. was meant to be a fit, be fit for the final, and now he seems like he's a doubt. Yeah, I, um, I'm not expecting him to play. He'd have to be back in training by, well, today really, I suppose. Today, tomorrow, if because he's not going to put someone in after one session. So unless like they're back in training, well, today they'll just do like a light session, won't they? Because the the players who played last night aren't going to train so tomorrow's when we'll know really um i think isn't friday the day when they usually do the inside training video as well yeah i think so so yeah so we'll we'll know who trains on on friday um well yeah just fingers crossed because yeah okay we've just we've beat luton without all these players that's great but it's anfield you know this is a cup final at wembley just let us have a couple of them players back and I think we say couple, we, we know there's only really two who are likely to, to come back. The others feel like they're, they've they got no chance. I know you just who, said who, about Dom, but I can't see that. Who are you two, Dave? The, the Darwin three, and Mar- Mo. Marwan and Dom. Yeah, uh, Darwin I, I don't see Mo. anyone else coming back. Who else no, you missed out? No, could... agreed. I mean, it's very quiet on Curtis, isn't it? I, there, was a, there was a sense after Saturday that maybe Curtis would just be, it was a little bit precautionary, but I, I don't think it is. I get the sense he might be out for a while. Yeah, though. it feels Bone ligament damage, whatever that might be for Curtis. On his shin? Yeah. On his shin, apparently. Yeah, it, it didn't sound good. No. He's just, you know, we talk about like players being injury prone and stuff like that, but you can't legislate for something like that. You know, I only I only ever class that as like players who like you know Thiago, Sturridge, Lalana, um, Keita, to some extent matter, but he he got over that. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't class Joel as that. I mean the injury he's got now is totally just unfortunate. Muscle injuries that's an injury prone player, but you know when you look at that, what happened to Curtis? It's like that's just bad luck. And Especially he, what happened to Jota. Yeah, and Jota's just awful luck as well. I mean, Jota has had some injury issues, but like, you, that's you can't legislate for that. That that could happen to anybody. I mean, Mo's Iron Man, but if if someone falls on Mo's knee like that, then Mo's got a problem as well. It's you know, it's just really really bad luck for him. But yeah, we need a couple of them back because I wouldn't want to be playing. I, you know, the other thing as well because we're down to like I thought the team last night was fine. You didn't look at the team and go, oh fucking hell. 
we've got all these players out. Look at the state of the team. It wasn't like that. Still looked a good team. Not as, as well balanced as maybe you'd like, but it still looked like a good team. It wasn't like we were throwing in, you know, we were putting like Clark and McConnell in midfield together and Dan's up front. It wasn't that bad where we've had to just do stuff like that. It was still relatively strong, but that was pretty much all, all we had. Other than like we had two left backs on the bench and we had Canate, but in terms of like the midfield and forwards, it was like every senior player who was available was on the pitch, and beyond that, it's just kids. So we've just about got enough at the moment, but you can't be playing them like twice a week. So the kids are going to have to come in and play. So I think that Southampton game next week. Oh yeah, you may have to just basically just put like a real young team out for that yeah. game. Yeah, agreed. Fancy it, Dave. I'll 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 have a start in in net. Fancy <laughs> no. weekend the, the the youth team magic. I, no, I said I give me boots away to John, didn't I? So yeah, yeah, like 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 when a wrestler retires and leaves the boots in the middle of a ring. <laughs> yeah, I just left mine in John's living room. <laughs> <laughs> Signed. Hmm. Of course. Yeah, John wasn't there last night, but I made sure I took the video for him. You know, the, the clock fist pumps. <laughs> What made me laugh is that John also took the video on his telly. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Klopp um, really gave it the beans last night, like all four sides of the ground. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was planning on doing that. Like, he'd done the cop and then he'd done, he'd done like, the uh, the Kemlin or the, the Kenny, whatever. He'd done that because they missed out last week, didn't he? And then it was Virgil was like pointing at the main That's stand, right. and he was like, That's "Well, right. come on, you know, you you've got to do that." So then once he does that, then he's got to do the Annie Rhodes as well. So that might become like a little bit of a ritual now, where he's doing like all four sides. Especially given where he's at now, he's got, you know, is he down to fewer than ten games at Anfield now? Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, like dickheads will be going, "Oh, you you have a go at Arteta and Arsenal for celebrating," but look, you've just beat Luton and you're doing that. Klopp's going at the end of the season. Klopp's gonna like just enjoy every moment of this now. He's gonna he's gonna milk every moment, and it's not just him. He's he's he knows we enjoy that. He's he's kind of doing that for us. He's not doing that for himself. He's doing that because that's what we want from him. So yeah, we're gonna get that every game, and you know that's I'm really gonna miss that. Me too, saying. because that all stems from that West Brom celebration, doesn't it? Everyone yeah. was taking the, the the piss out of us for that for. You know, deflected Divacarigi equaliser at home to Tony Pulis's West Brom, but it it was a turning point between like Klopp and the the players and the fans, and I, I'll never forget that. Obviously, you know, it, at the time it's like yeah, we're we're celebrating a, a two two draw at home with West Brom as a show of unity, but it wasn't that celebrating. No, that's, the, that's the point that like everyone missed. We were not celebrating. It that was purely like thanking the fans. For staying stay to the us. end yeah, and, yeah. and like you know not turning against them and and like we got a late goal as a result of that it was just an appreciation it wasn't celebrating but you know obviously you get like that's the optics yeah Evertonians and fucking United fans will all still say now to this day celebrating a draw at West Brom there was no celebrating involved at all it was just pure appreciation and like thanking the crowd that's all it was Sean Dice should do the fist pumps at Goodison so we can get three boos out of him. They don't need Dice for that, Dan. <laughs> no, but it would be nice to see Coordinated a bit coordinated. Coordinated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Structured booing. Structured booing. <laughs> 
fantastic. Dan, what did you think of the ref? Um, I thought Mr. Madley was inconsistent and fussy. Um, I think there's a lot of questions about how he handled um, Luton's physicality with, with some of the, with Diaz the players. Especially. Diaz especially. Yeah, there was a lot of TAS missions and chalk holds. Um, but he, he I don't think he made many massive howls. The, 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 the ground was up in mm-hmm. arms at a few decisions. I didn't think there was huge problems with the way he refereed the game, apart from the like letting Luton get away with with reams and reams of, of chokeholds, really. Do you know what? Resting I thought you'd have been all over, because even I got really worked up about it in the first minute. And um, so Morris pulls Virgil back, which if that's later in the game, it's probably a yellow, automatic yellow because he's pulled him back by the shirt after he's gone. I didn't want to book him for that. That's not what I'm saying. So, But he pulls him back by the shirt. The ref gives the free kick. Virgil goes to take the free kick. Morris stands in front of it and blocks it. And I'm like, okay, now you've got to book him. And he didn't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he kicked the ball away. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I st- I'm standing up and I'm screaming, hey, you've let him have a fucking hat-trick there, referee. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> I, I was just unbelievable. It was like three yellow card incidents in the space of 10 seconds. And he somehow didn't get a booking for it. Too I was like, oh, it's going to be like that, is it? And then the, the keeper was doing a bit of time wasting in the first half as well. And But as we've said before, referees, I think they're just told, do not do anything about that. You just you don't do anything until eighty minutes, and then you can act. But um, yeah, I didn't think he had a good game, but it, it didn't cost us. So yeah, um, I'm fine with that. He can be shit as long as we win. Booked about fa- four of their players though, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he did, but I don't think he had much choice with the ones he booked. They were all like pretty obvious ones. Tell you what's mad, he only gave one free kick against Endo. I think Endo's got through a game there with one foul. <laughs> he was boss again, by the way. Really good That's performance. just expected. Yeah. It's his passing, though, like watching the highlights this morning, and you see him just playing these little passes through. Like, he, he put a, a great ball through for Diaz in the first half when he just slid and, and like, at the back post and he just couldn't couldn't get it on target. And um, just, like, just progressive passing. He just gets it, and he'll just, like, play it into the forwards. Like, no fuss. And there was the one when Gakpo went clean through because Enzo robbed Barkley and then just rolls it through to Gakpo and he he, he bloomed a shot like. Um, but now it's a, you know when um, when Gakpo missed that, my dad's like, oh he's borrowed Nunez's boots, and I'm like no because if it was Nunez's boots he'd have either hit the post or he'd have hit the keeper or it's been a goal down and never puts them in the stands like that, <laughs> getting all like protective. <laughs> Oh, I'm speaking of which, I've got to tell you this. Have you got? Do you know what? Um, do you know what an axolotl is? What? Yeah, it's a, an axolotl. An aquatic reptile, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. it's a salamander that like oh, it's okay. fully aquatic. Well, I put like the the dead popular as pets now. So Adriana's wanted one for ages. So like a few months ago, like it was, I think she'd got like oh, it was after the GCSE. She did really well. So like, you know what? Yeah, get you a fish tank with an axolotl. No Facebook marketplace this time. Actually, I thought, no, no more messing about with that. I'm just getting it in the pet shop. <laughs> Anyone, any any new listeners to the pod who don't know the reference to that, go back and listen to the McAllister pod over the summer. All will be revealed on that. So anyway, so we, like I bought her like the, the fish tank with the axolotl, but I thought, 
I feel a bit bad, like, just it being on its own. So I thought, you need to get two, really. So we got two. I said, look, I'll get one and we'll keep it in your tank. So you've got two of them in there. So she called hers Betty. It's some, it's some Taylor Swift song reference or something. Obviously, you know what mine's called. Yeah. Yeah, so we do. Yeah. So <laughs> I um last week I'm I'm feeding them so they eat worms. So you feed that they're like blind as bats. So you'd have to like put the worms on like big long tweezers and you dangle the worm in front of them and like they they'll smell it or whatever and then they eat the worm. So I'm feeding them last week. Feed like uh, Betty, put the worm down, woof, it's gone. Get another worm on the tweezers, put it in front of Darwin. He attacks it, misses, hits the tweezers. <laughs> and Adriana's like, Adriana's like, oh, darling, you're so stupid. And I was like, leave him alone. <laughs> that was that was close. That was a good effort. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, come on. He couldn't have gone any closer there. That's just unlucky. <laughs> but it just made me think. It's like, you know what? He's just crept into my, like, everyday life to, like, a, a ridiculous extent. Like, I don't know if, did I tell you? I don't think I told you last night, did I? About the incident with the parrot. No. Oh, no. So this week, um, have you ever been to uh, Botanical Gardens in Southport? Yeah. So Years ago, like. We, yeah. we go there, like, maybe, like, once a week or something. Just it's, it's a nice place to walk with the dog and stuff. So, but they've got, like, a, an aviary there with all, like, exotic birds, like parrots and parakeets and all stuff like that. So for the last few months... I've been like feeding them, you know, so I'll take like um, you know, bag of nuts or like bird pellets or whatever. So I've been feeding like the the African grey parrots. And I've been trying to teach them to go Nunes, Nunes. <laughs> so I'm taking like the nuts and I'm feeding them through the through the bars and every time like I feed the parrot, I'm going Nunes, Nunes cuz me thinking was how funny would it be if like, you know, after a while, if like they pick it up. So in the summer when it gets really busy and you've got like, because it's Southport, so there's like loads of manks in Southport and, you know, Evertonians or whatever. And like they're walking through like the bird section and you've just got the parrots just going, you're nice, you're nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been trying to train them for months. So I'm feeding like the this particular parrot to him. Like he's the one who I've targeted thinking, yeah, you know, if I can get him saying it, it'll be boss. So I've been doing that for a few months. So I was feeding them like a nut um, through the bars. But because I've been doing it for so long, I've got a little bit, like, careless now, you know, because I kind of know what I'm doing. But it dropped. It dropped the nut, and it just bit right through my finger. So, like... I don't know if you've, you've probably never been bitten by a parrot, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, it really fucking hurts. It's like, you know those pliers that have got, like, the little tiny thing that tightens it? You know, you, yeah. you, the gripper pliers? Yeah. yeah. It's like if, if a pair of them pliers and a razor blade had a baby, and that's like a parrot's beak. It's like the force involved. Because they crush fucking nuts, you know, so, like, they've got really, like, powerful jaws. So it went right through my middle fingernail, so my finger's fucking killing me now. Through the nail? It, no, it bit me nail and sort of slid off the nail into, like, the side of my finger next to the nail. So it was all, like, pouring my blood when it happened and that. But I'm like, oh, all this because I'm just trying to teach a parrot to go, Nunez. There's, there's no Nunez champ from the parrot, but one's going to go, fucking ouch! <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you little bastard, what do you think that for? <laughs> no, 
no, I wasn't mad at the parrot. It was, you know, it was my own fault. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I I love parrots. I've always wanted to own one, and yeah. hopefully one day in the future I will. But um, yes, they they have very powerful beaks. Don't give up on your mission, though, Dave. I'm not. No, I'm not. That's I'm not still, that's, that's, that's still that's still definitely the way to go. That'd be fucking boss. If uh, if, if if you come back on the pod at some point in the next few months, <laughs> and I'll, I'll video it. Yeah, if, if it does it, I'll video it. But I'm thinking, you know. If if Curtis can can teach Darwin to say how are we, then I can teach a parrot to go Nunes. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. Like I'm gonna keep doing it. But that's what I'm saying. It's like just me everyday life. He's just seeped into that now. Just all like little things like the axolotl. Like I'm coming to its defence because it missed the worm and and, and hit the tweezers. Do you know then, what? I wonder if we've parrot. got any. Uh, I wonder if we've got any pod listeners in in Southport. We need to get them on the case. As yeah, well. yeah. Everyone who goes to any, the anyone gardens. who goes to botanical gardens. Take some nuts, take some pellets, and get the parrots saying Nunes, Nunes. And take some protective gloves as well. Yeah, yeah. Be careful when you're feeding through the bars. <laughs> but how good would that be? It'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, on, on the subject of Darwin, did you see Mo's quote? Uh, Mo, sorry. Michael Owen's quotes. After, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what did you think? Fair, thought it was fair. I don't think it, I, so. It's been tried to be cast as snide in some way. There's, I mean, obviously, talk sports have been right on to anything, even vaguely with a controversial angle to kind of try and say that, that he was out of order. I thought he, he went out of his way to say, not trying to piss on his chips, delighted for him, really good goal, but just in terms of being a an elite goal scorer, it's a, it's a low chance opportunity, and, yeah. You know, well, I've got, go I've got the, the quote here. I'll read it out for anyone who, who hasn't listened, uh, who hasn't read it, sorry. So, this was like straight after the game when Darwin had scored the goal and Michael Owen went on Twitter and said, that finish from Darwin Nunes yesterday was insane. <clears throat> I can't stop watching it and I can't begin to explain how difficult a skill that is. Moving at pace, the ball running away from you, being inside the box with no room for error, incredible. But... It's also further proof that if he's to get closer to becoming the great player many people think he can be, already is Michael. But anyway, uh, he has to adapt. He has to adapt his way of thinking. I mean, to even consider that finish is madness. It's a one in ten, two in ten finish at best. Learning to slot, dink, or go round the keeper is a far more productive way to score and will increase his chances to four or five in ten, thus massively increasing his end return. I'm not really trying to rain on his parade, as that goal was pure class, but I'd rather see it when Liverpool are 3-0 up, not at 0-0. Now, I think he's 100% right in what he said, and it's it's basically what I've said as well. You know, game knows game. Me and Michael know how to finish. Uh, Michael came through behind me at the academy. He's a few years younger than me, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree with everything he said. I just feel like it's kind of yeah, everything you've said there's true, Michael. But you may as well just on Christmas Day, you may as well put a tweet out telling us about why Father Christmas isn't real. It's like yeah, we know that, but just just don't. There's no need to be saying that. It's all right for me, some dickhead on a podcast saying it, but. You know, Michael, just did you really need to say that? That maybe even wait a couple of days before saying it. That being said, I do, I do think everything he said there was was totally right. Like, yeah, no, no arguments from me. And I just thought, I thought his comments at the start about what I, what, what did he say right at the start? What I can't say how difficult a skill that is. What a great yeah. goal. 
I mean, that frames the whole thing. He's quite clearly not trying to piss on his chips. What he's thinking about is, how does this fella become truly elite in terms mm. of you know world, world, uh, worldwide global goal scorers? I mean, and he's definitely. I mean, all it's no no coincidence that every time you hear any of the great strikers who are pundits talk about him. They're all very clear that he's got the potential to really go on. I mean, we are. Lin- we are. Lin- fuck off. <laughs> Lineker and Shearer on their um, on their podcast. Every time they mention him, both of them are convinced that he's got it. Righty as well. Right the him. same. Owen the same. And the, the, I think the big thing that they all talk about is the fact that he keeps putting himself on the line time after time after time. His head never goes down. He keeps tra- he keeps getting in positions. And that when you keep getting yourself into such good positions, eventually it'll it'll come. Um, and we're saying eventually it'll come. I mean, he's still the numbers are the numbers are there anyway, really, aren't they? They're just not elite numbers at yeah, the moment. The numbers are goals, fine. They're just the not. Numbers are good. The numbers are very good. They're just not quite elite yet. Yeah. But but that's and that's what these fellas are all talking about. They're talking about that, and that's what Owen's talking about for me. That's how he goes from being very good um, in terms of Premier League goal scorers to to like elite in terms of the numbers. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, it's. I mean, it, it touches back on. You know, I I, I I mentioned this in the group chat the other day. Really, you know, when I talked a while ago about just having just stop worrying about the numbers um, with Darwin and just just let him play his game. I mean, that's that's absolutely what I'm talking about. I mean, he's he's absolute everything. Everything he's given us is really exciting. Is really important to how we play. Is instrumental in in a lot of the thing. A lot of the positive things that we do. The results that we get. And I, I just, I feel like the rest will come in time. I, I went through a period of just being frustrated that it wasn't happening. We just need to accept that it's just part of the process with him and he'll get there in the end. Um, and I, I think it's very reassuring to hear all these, you know, world-class players basically say the same thing. No, I, I, I remember that. I remember when you jumped off the bandwagon and left me fighting the battle on my own. <laughs> did not jump off the bandwagon you did. at all. If this is this is who he is. We just have to accept it. I think is what you said. This is who he is for now. Yeah, you went from you know look what Klopp's done with Lewandowski and all these other strikers. He'll turn him into this, and then like <laughs> bit of choppy water. And I turn round and like yeah, Paul, we've got one last battle here. Come on, Paul, Paul, where are you? And then here's Paul on his boat, fucking rowing his way to fucking hedging your bet island. And now, now he's, here he is by my side again, talking about yeah, you know, it's you know, it's <laughs> not true. It's what I've said all bastard. along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what? I'll tell you what's really funny. You are though. such a prick. Good. I was listening to um, like does it like the golf podcast that I listen to, and without going into too much detail about golf, but basically like the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler is like incredible in every part of his game except for putting where he's dog shit but he's still the number one player in the world even with dog shit putting so the host of this podcast that i listen to no laying up so the host's like solly he's just you know he's not like a professional golfer ain't like that he's just basically the no laying up lads are just kind of like us but with golf so i'm listening to it the other day and they're talking about scotty shefflin and his terrible putting and solly goes I just need five minutes with him on a putting green and I could fix all of his putting problems. And I'm driving the car, I'm listening to it, and my thought is, you're some fucking dickhead on a podcast. You've never played professionally, but you think you're <laughs> you're going to fix the number one player in the world's putting problems. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're... At? And then, like, it hit me. 
<laughs> you know, the, the moments of clarity, like alcoholics have that moment of clarity. That was when it hit me. And I was like, wait, that's exactly what I've been doing about Darwin all season. So it just, it made me think. I'm like, you know what, Sally? You probably could fix this putting problems if you had five minutes. I'm sorry for doubting you because I kind of see where you're coming from now. <laughs> so I do think you probably could fix it. Just give him five minutes. And that's what I always said. Like, I, but I wasn't saying I was the only person who could who could have fixed Darwin. You know, what I was saying is like, someone needs to say to him, like, you need to learn the chip, the chip finish, the dink, the lob. You need to be learning to lift it over the keeper. And then obviously he has, but he's. It was like you know what it was that that goal was like he'd already made up his mind before the game. If I get a one v one, I'm going over the keeper regardless of the situation yeah, and, that, and yeah. where he is. And then, but did you see in the celebrations? Did you see Robbo? Yeah, yeah. Robbo was making a little gesture with his yeah. hand, like a little, yeah. like a, a dink finish. And like Darwin they just about it. nods and laughs, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." I reckon they'd spoken about it before, yeah. and he said, yeah. "They've said to him." It may have even been Robbo who said it. It's like you know, just go over him, lift it. I definitely think something like that's gone on because it was though he, his mind was made up before that. I'm going over the keeper no matter what here. But um, yeah, I do think Michael Owen was was 100% right in what he said and he wasn't intending to piss on his chips, but I'm like, too soon, Michael, you know, at least wait a few days and say, I've been thinking about this and, you know, great goal, but not to do it straight away. But anyway, uh, we've got a cup, I, I, final, I, cup final preview. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, have we lost Dan? Dan, are you still here? It always helps if I unmute my microphone, Paul. <laughs> oh god! Right. So, cup final on Sunday. Um, Dan, what are you expecting? First of all, team selection and in terms of the outcome. Well, the team's not going to be hugely different from last night, is it? Just purely because of the, the injuries that we've got. Well, Konate um, was resting. Konate will, will, will come back in. I think Kelleher would have played anywhere. Yeah. Um. So, I would so expect... What do you do a full-back then? If Robbo comes back in, Gomez on the bench? <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd start Gomez at left-back. Would you? Bradley at right, at right back. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... It's not necessarily. You know, don't, don't forget, this is the the Carabao Cup. You know, we've rotated all the way through. Um, but with that being said, with Robbo being out for so long, you can make an argument that he he should play because Gomez has played a lot recently. Uh, Connor Bradley should absolutely start. Um, yeah. Centre halves, Canate and, and Van Dijk, not not a problem. Um, midfield, we're, we're we're narrow on options. There's no Curtis. There's and I don't think there's going to be any. Sobersly, so um, it won't be too dissimilar to what we had last night. Endo, McAllister, and and Gravenberg, I would, I and would imagine. Harvey coming off the bench, assuming yeah. one of one or two of the forwards are back. Yeah, if we if we get Mo and Darwin back, then it it gives us options because you can bring Elliot into midfield, um, mm. and and up front again. The question is, is is Mo and are Mo and Darwin going to make it? Um, that we, we we don't know that yet. And, and if and if they are fit, are they fit enough to start? Exactly. Yeah, Gakpo might start, and Diaz will start, and, and you know, like Gakpo might start as well. In that case, in which case you put Elliot in the front three again. I think one so, starts, one's on the bench. If if they're both fit, I don't think they'll both come into the team. I think 
one Mo Mo's not gonna start, I don't think. He's no. it's too soon for him coming back. So I think yeah. Darwin starts, Mo's on the bench if they're both available. Yeah. I think with with Mo and Darwin I get the feeling that if last night was the cup final, they would have played um, I don't know. I don't feel that confident about it. It, it. it threw me, particularly Mo threw me. Mo being out because the way he came, the way he played on Saturday, you know, there was no. He was just like he, he. He just looked really sharp. So it's as, as he as he had a reaction to Saturday, or has he had a further knock, or what's gone on? Did you watch There's the a... inside inside Brentford video? Uh, yeah. Because I didn't pick up on this when I watched it. But somebody mentioned it on Twitter, and then I went back and watched it again. I was like, "Oh, actually, yeah, it looked a bit like he was limping when he got on the bus afterwards." Oh no, I didn't notice that. I might have to go back and check. Yeah, that. it's not it's not that noticeable if you're not looking for it, and but it was only because it was mentioned, and I looked. I'm like, oh, it kind of does look like he's got a little bit of a limp there. But they said like he had cramp in in his in the hamstring that had been injured. He got a bit of cramp in there. Oh, uh, okay. So that hurts. Yeah, but it's, it's they're probably. You're not gonna like play him like three days later in a home game against Luton when you've got a cup final coming up. So I do, th- I am hopeful on that. I do think it was for them not to be on the bench is a little bit of a concern because you'd think if they were just protecting them, they may have had them on the bench in case we needed like 15 minutes at the end or something. So that's a little bit of a worry, but hopefully, like, um, hopefully they're available because I don't really want to go into that game without both of them. No, we we need them, and kind of the the, the injuries that we, that we picked. Like this this time last week, I was like very confident about this game, and then any game that we were going to play. Yeah. Whereas now I feel a bit more circumspect and a little bit more cautious, because um, I really get the feeling, and I, I can't shake this is that Chelsea always in a in a final, um, so that's that's a concern. They've also just hit. Uh, they've had a good, good moment themselves, haven't they, with getting the draw against City and what have you? But and I mean, they still win that game. They're still a flawed side, though, aren't they? They're still very flawed as a team. And if I mean, if you're just looking, if you look dispassionately at the, the at the two seasons and the two squads, I mean, they're far inferior to us, regardless of who we put out. We're just playing better football. Um, we are, but, but the injuries but is it's, a, but a it's, leveler. Definitely, and it's also a cup final. It's a one-off game. You know, it's you know, it's. Um, it, it's something you can't take for granted at all. No, it's definitely team selection and who we got available is definitely a concern ahead of Sunday for me. And I think I'd feel loads better if Darwin and Mo are in the squad, regardless yeah. of whether they start or not. I'd want them in the squad. And definitely agree with Dan. Connor Bradley starts for me. I just think he just gives us, particularly when we're a bit light up front. Bizarrely, he gives us front foot. You know, I think playing from right back. You know, particularly when he pushes high up. I mean, I think that was one of the issues last night at the third half. It was too deep. Second half, he, he pushed pushed higher up the pitch, and that really that really helped everybody. Um, but I would I would definitely have him uh, definitely have him start on Sunday, no doubt. And are you starting Rabo or Gomez? Mm, I, I don't re- don't feel strongly either way. Really, it depends on where Robbo's at in terms of his fitness. I don't think Joe Gomez deserves to miss out. Um, Klopp might feel he wants some more mileage on Robbo's legs as we go into the crunch time of the season um, and he might also just want Robbo's leadership really his character on the pitch uh, I'm 100% the starting Robbo and what I feel, for that reason for yeah, the I feel thing. awful like Joe Gomez not being in the team uh, Like, but I'm I'm picking Robbo and I'm picking Bradley but Joe Gomez is is definitely getting on the pitch 
he will be coming on at some point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 almost a given these days. Whenever yeah. he's in the squad and not starting, isn't it? Because he's just so important. He's just so versatile in what he can offer you. He can offer you different things within a game to whatever stage of the game you're at. He can help you show things up. He can help you um, play the inverted fullback from either side. There's Centre loads of back. options with him. Centre yeah, back just yeah. gives you cover in in every position in the defence, doesn't he? Yeah, really important player this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm I'm expecting similar teams to last night, but just hopefully one of Darwin or Mo in the team. Well, it'd probably be Darwin. Uh, if we get them two back in the squad, like you said there, Paul, if we got both of them, I fancy us to win it fairly comfortably. Not I'm not saying like we'll batter them at anything, but I think we'll win it fairly comfortably. If they're not there, it could be a slog. And you could be looking at like another nil nil, one one, extra time, penalty job. Which is probably oh, going to be the case yes. anyway, because it's a final and it's just what we always do. So I think it's probably going to be a long one. And, you know, maybe Keller has the hero again, who knows? I think it's a, I think it's a big day for Endo. I think I think if the the I think Cole Cole Palmer's a real threat for them. And I think Endo's gonna to have to be have to be mindful of him, but you know, when he drops into those little spaces mm. between the midfield and the defence, and also Canate, I think you know, because because I think Palmer will look for for that cha- and Sterling maybe will look for that channel there. So I, I you know, I just think we've got to be we could just got to be focused in on it, and I think if we're focused in on it, and and we have a little bit of luck with players coming back, uh, you know, I think I think we should have too much for them, but you know, we can't take it lightly. It's, it's a final; they've got. Despite how poor they've been this season, they've got some talented players, and you know they. I mean, their their manager will um, will see it as an opportunity to kind of really show that he's uh, he's making some progress with this with this with that squad because he's under pressure, no doubt. Yeah, Dan, how are you feeling about the league? Well, it's getting to crunch time, isn't it? Um, that Manchester City game is on the horizon. If we win that, that will be a, a huge step. Um, but it, it feels glib talking about the league, actually, given the amount of games that we have. I think I was reading on The Athletic last night that it's something like 26 games in 99 days um, if we get go all the way in, in every competition, which obviously, hopefully, we do. So there's a lot of football to be played. So the, the league, we keep on coming, don't we? We've had two 4-1 wins in four days against yeah. teams that could cause problems if we weren't fully on it. Yeah. Um, we're just getting the fixtures up now. We're aware to Forest um, in our next league game. That won't be a picnic. They're fighting for their lives. We should have enough quality to go there and win it again. You know, like how many players have we got left? That Southampton team next week. Like, like I said, Dave, you should rekindle your youth team days. I'll, I'll play in goal. <laughs> uh, we can get Al taking the goal kicks. Get Saraf back at centre half <laughs> as well. I do yeah. think though the the Southampton game. I do think we need to basically rest every senior player, like everyone who's going to start against Forest. Yeah, agreed. Needs to be out of that game, and I've no shame in doing so. No. And also, and it's not and, disrespecting and the cup. Either. It's, it's, no, it's, we'll be good it's, enough. It's whatever team we put out, it'll be good enough to win as well. Yeah, Southampton are going to bring a full team because they're in a bad run at the moment. They, they, they've They've had a, like a huge run of form that's got them towards the automatic playoff spots, and now they've had a bad run recently. So mm. their emphasis is not going to be an FA Cup midweek tie at Liverpool. It's just not. Um, and also, yeah. I, I want to see the likes of Jaden Dan start, and I want to see him. I want to see him have a full, 
yeah, after definitely. a full 90 minutes um, in the first team. I want to see what he does because, you know, I thought his cameo last night was really good. Yeah. He's obviously been doing well in the Youth Cup and for, for the uh, for the 21s. So I want to see him. I'd also, I'd really quite like to see, and I think this may be a step further. He, I think he'd be lower down the pecking order. He wouldn't start. He'd be on the bench. I'd like to see that the, the uh, Neone, the uh, the kid from Leicester. I'd like to see him. Yeah, Klopp um, said he, he almost brought him on last night. Yeah. He said he thought about it, it. He said they were thinking, you know, should we put him on as well? And then yeah. the game was like it was three one, and he thought, okay, maybe not, not yet. I think if yeah. he'd have got four one earlier. We'd have probably seen him coming on. March is the month of the boys looking at the fixture. So we've got Forest away. Then we've got FC Dog and Duck or Racing Pig and Whistle in the Europa League. <laughs> then we're at home to Man City on Sunday. Fucking huge, that game. Then we're at home to FC Dog and Duck or Racing Pig and Whistle. And then it's the Derby on Sunday the 17th, 2 o'clock kickoff. Unless we go through in the FA Cup, in which case, did you see that? I don't know how true it was, but the the talk was like if we go through in the FA Cup, the derby gets postponed, and there was a suggestion that because there's there's no free weeks if we stay in the Europa League, the suggestion was that was going to be like the end of the season, like the the last game. What the derby? Imagine oh, that. Fucking hell. We could send them down and win the title, or they could stay up and stop us winning the title. Imagine oh, don't. that scenario. Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't. Oh, God. D- does, Imagine does what gap? Goodison would be like. Boo! It, it would be. Oh, my God. It would be I mean, so feral. The, the, one of the biggest moments in the history of both clubs. That's mm. fucking mental. If they can't that. have it at that point, there's, there'd be too much on it, and there'd be too much like potential for fucking mayhem. Yeah, Absolute imagine mayhem. imagine what they would do if if like well either way, if we sent them down and won the league, imagine what they do. But if they stopped us from winning it and stayed up, imagine they're going to be on the pitch no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not oh, let's not worry about that too I'm, much. Yeah, I don't want to think about it too <laughs> um, much. I know. That's I'm, that's that's blowing my mind. A let's bit throw like. the Southampton game just so the derby <laughs> so the derby doesn't get moved. It looks like an international break then after the after the derby. Um we return with a two o'clock kickoff on the Sunday against Brighton. International break? Mm. Fucking hell. And then I thought we were done with them. Like I said, the, the game's just come through. So have they fast. switched the Brighton game to twelve thirty yet? <laughs> no, th- th- it's a Sunday at two o'clock. It's I on know, Sky. But like... We're safe. We're safe. <laughs> I mean, I had no problems with the Brentford game being an half twelve kickoff because it's not after an international break. The problem that I have is when it's after an international break. Yeah, the problem is that we've already had five of them. I mean, the the the, the fixtures have only been picked until that thirty first of March game. Because we have a midweek home game against Sheffield United the Wednesday after that, and then we're away to the Manx on the Saturday. That's currently three o'clock. I ain't staying three. Yeah, o'clock. no chance. Um. So yeah, the game has come thick and fast. So how do I feel about the league? Ask me this time. Well, ask me at the end of March, which is a very damn answer to give. Well, I know. I'll ask you then as well, but I want to know how you feel now. Um, I'm really worried about these injuries. I think it's going to really impact our ability to rotate and to keep things fresh and sometimes you just go look at your bench and say lads we're 1-0 down here it's not going our way can you help us out and if you've not got a jotter to, to send for or normally he starts but you, you take the point mm. Jones has been uh, arguably our most influential player this season you could make a very valid argument for that I think 
So suddenly it becomes a lot more difficult. Um, so I'm a bit more pessimistic about that. But Anfield, Manchester City, Jurgen Klopp's last game against them, potentially, obviously, we might get them in the FA Cup, although they'll probably draw the reincarnated ghost of Russian and Diamonds before they get us. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a potential buzzsaw, as, as Jules would call it, um, for, for City, Anfield, atmosphere, quarter to four on a Sunday. That could be a very special afternoon. If we win that, then who knows? But obviously, uh, I still think Arsenal are a big threat. I know a couple of people on this podcast don't necessarily see Arsenal as the big threat. They see City, and that's that's for because City aren't the force that they were. Because um, what what happened with them, as I, I called kind of late in, in October time, didn't I, when they'd lost um, the goals of Mahrez and Gundogan. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they're just not the force they were. They just aren't. Great, great team, but not, not the, the force that they were. Um, Arsenal are coming on strong still. Um, they've carried on the good form from when they, they beat us a few weeks ago. They're, Very lucky with injuries though, aren't they? The they are, Arsenal. yes. And you, you do feel that Arsenal are a, a sacker injury away or... Um, rice. Or a rice injury away or an Erdegaard injury away from being in a similar position to us where you look at your bench and it's like... Well, right, to be well, similar to us, you'd have to have all of them out. True. Yeah. Depressive, plus, but true. Plus, like, one of the centre-backs as well. and The goal. I, I, yeah. I feel I feel much more positive than uh, than Dan there about, about the league. I think... I, I, I don't feel... I don't feel confident enough to say we're going to win it because I just think things are too tight. But uh, I, I'm definitely all in on the point Jules made before Christmas even, I think it was, when he first said it, that if we... If we win the City game, we'll win the league. I think that think that is the case. I definitely hear what Dan's saying about fitness. I can't pretend that isn't isn't an issue. But I just think that Klopp has continually utilised several factors brilliantly all season. Some of which he's he's done before, and some of which are newer this season. I think rotation has been sensational. The use of young players has been sensational. Half time adjustments has been absolutely sensational and the use of Anfield has been getting better and better and better and I said probably just before Christmas that I wanted this to be a season where we had we started to get into as we go into the spring and into the early summer where we have like the big moments in all competitions you know like greeting the bus and um, you know big games <laughs> under the lights like and... Man City you mean <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of those oh have the, have those big moments where you know it just feels like you know, but you know what it feels like, don't you? Remember those seasons where we're going for the Champions League, where we're going for the title, yeah. when we were you know Anfield just like going to go the buzz starts long before the game. You know you're buzzing about it the night before. You're meeting in the pub and everyone's excited in the pub, walking up. You get up there early to see the coach arrive and it's going nuts. The flares are going off. I still think all of that. In the post, and if and you know, and, and we we are this ridiculously emotional club with a ridiculously emotional manager, and the significance of you know the fact that he's going. I just wonder if that might galvanise us that little bit more, you know, and just and just carry us through. I just I think there's there's big some big stories to be told this season, and I think um, the biggest one is around the league title, and I just get in the sense that maybe just maybe it could be ours, but it still it still comes down to the city game. I think yeah, if does. we win that, if we win that City game, we'll we'll win the league. Dan's right to not dismiss Arsenal, but Arsenal are not the main threat. And City Arsenal's remain, got to go to the City main threat. As well. 
Yeah. yeah. So either way, which could help us. points there. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think the the City game, if we win the City game, I think we'll go on to win it. Not because I think we'll go and win every game, but what City are not this irresistible force that's like just going to win every single match. They're just not. They are going to drop some points. Not chasers either, are they? They don't like chasing no, things but down. I, I, I think it was a. I know they won the other night against Brentford, but coming off the back of them dropping points against Chelsea, Man City would normally just sweep past Brentford like three four nil without breaking sweat. The fact that it was as tight as it was, and they needed a slip by a defender for them to get the only goal, it just reinforces the the the, the me belief that you're going back to what Dan said about the players that they lost. You know, I don't think they're quite what they were, and I can see them dropping more points. And if we beat them at Anfield, then I think Arsenal's going to be the team that we need to be concerned about. Then, especially if Arsenal were to go and win at City. Um, but yeah, the main thing is if we win the games up until then, then beat City, and then I think we'll be in really good shape for the run in then. But so just just remind us, Dan, who were the, who were the league games before City? There aren't many, are there? It's Forest. Forest. It's it's just Forest. That's it. Yeah, we've got a few cup games, haven't we? We've got Europa loads of league cup games. And cup games yeah. But only one league game before then. So win that Forest game and we're going into the crunch game of the of the of the league campaign there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, we could knock really City seven position. points behind us. Yeah. Uh they, they would have a game in hand though. Uh, the game in hand goes this weekend, doesn't it? So you, 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 you're right, yes, you're right, it would be four. If... Assuming they win at Bournemouth, which Bournemouth will cause them problems, but they probably will, uh, then it would be the, the, the gap would be again, one point, Dan, same games. You're right, they, they probably will win, but I don't think that's a certainty. Just based on, like, it would have been a certainty, but just based on how they've been playing, I don't think it's a certainty that they win games like that now. I think there's, there's always the possibility that they drop points somewhere. Now, there's also the possibility that we will. So I'm not I'm not saying like that we're just gonna go and win every game and blow them away. I I think there's twists and turns because I do think points are gonna be dropped. And that's why I think that game at Anfield is like it's it, it's vital. Like technically we don't need to beat them for them to you know, it, it would still in still be in our hands. But if we do beat them, I think that makes it like a lot more difficult for City then. Psychological blow, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Particularly it, there's a like big atmosphere and they feel overawed by it. You know, if we intimidate them, like Anfield yeah. can do. So, and in terms of their fitness, you know, as long as we don't lose any more, I think we're all right. You know, we we we're Just coping about. so far. We're coping with it. If we start to lose more, that's when it becomes really problematic. I think City is a must-win game. Just because of our running, we have to go to Old Trafford, which is not going to be a picnic. You know, like the, no, as much true. as it pains me to admit, they've improved. Uh, they're playing well. They've not really played many good teams. They're but not playing. You know well, what I mean. They're, they're getting results, but they're still shit. But I'm not I, saying I it's look an easy at, game. I, that's yeah. I look at that true. game and think this is this is a, a problem. Um, a derby is a derby. It will dissuade. Anything can happen. We don't tend to win there very often. Well, we we do. We just we seem to draw more than it we feels win. Like it's nil nil every year. Yeah, a, a tetchy nil nil, which is. Very typical of um, Sean Dyche football, really, isn't it? Um, let me just get these fixtures back up because there's another thing that I'd identified that I wasn't. Um, another game that I wasn't thrilled about. You know, like we've got to go to the places like West Ham and win, and, and we've got Spurs, we? we? 
Spurs Anfield, I think we'll pass them. I think we'll. Oh, that that we that will game, get hold of them. <laughs> because of what happens, Anfield's yeah. going to be fucking yeah. bouncing Lit. for that game. I think yeah. we'll just take them to the cleaners. Yeah. Villa away. I think this Saturday, that's the last away game, and we're at home to Wolves again on the last day so of the Villa season. Villa away is the last away game, is it? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Villa away, Wolves at home. That's the, the last two. I'm games. glad. I'm I'm glad the two Arsenal fixtures are out the way. I must admit, I wouldn't want to be playing them from this it, at this stage now. Yes and no, because yeah, yes, I'm glad they're out the way because you don't want them in the running. But no, because we can't affect it. We can affect Manchester City. We can't affect what Arsenal do at this point. Mm, yeah, yeah. And what Arsenal do is yeah. out of our control. Whereas with Man City, if we beat them, then th- that's our destiny is in our own hands when it comes to City. It's not necessarily with Arsenal. But of course, if we win every game, then we'll finish above Arsenal. So it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Okay, we'll finish with predictions for Sunday then. Uh, Paul? Liverpool win. Um I just wonder if it might be a game where some of the kids put a stamp on it, um, particularly thinking Connor Bradley, but also maybe just one of a couple of the mid, the midfielders or or one of the or, Bobby or Clark like, winner off the bench. Yeah, yeah, or Dan, someone yeah. like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one Liverpool. Okay, Dan. Uh, Chelsea on penalties. Oof! What you predicted? <laughs> Fuck off, Dan! Just just you the odd. Chelsea are gonna win. I'm playing the odds, Paul. Um, it's we beat them on penalties twice in the same season. Where's that um, disgusted that that disgusted gift that Jules puts in the group chat now and again? Of <laughs> was it Mourinho throwing away his headphones or something? Oh, I need yeah, that or, gift right yeah. now. Or Triple H waving away his using his hand to wave yeah. wave it away. No, I, I'm very concerned about that game. Not because I think Chelsea are a better team than us. They're not. I, I just think I'm, I'm worried that we have. A lot of key players missing, and the key players that we yeah. may have back won't be fully fit. Can't so believe you predicted us to lose the final. I, I'm very concerned that Chelsea are going to get lucky, basically, and and catch us when we've not got enough players. They have had an upturn in form as well, but that's not worrying me because you know, we're still winning games. What's worrying me is the fact that we haven't got a lot of important players, and the important players that we might have coming back will not probably not be fully fit. So that's why I'm concerned. As if it was a first eleven against first eleven, I think we'd do what we did to them a few a few weeks ago. Just three weeks ago, we absolutely wiped the floor with them. Yeah, I'm going two one to us. Um, <clears throat> Darwin with the first, and Mo coming off the bench to get the winner. That would be nice. And if Darwin's not starting, I'm still going two one, and I'm still going. Mo coming off the bench to get the winner, <laughs> and if Mo's not there, then fucking hell, I don't know. Um, Jaden Dan's coming off the bench to get the winner too. One. There's room next to me, Dave, on, on the, in the shit house hutch. No, I, I still think we'll find a way, regardless. But I'll feel a lot more comfortable if Darwin and Mo make it. Big one for me is I just want to I want to avoid extra time. I fucking hate it. Absolutely hate extra time. Yeah. It's it's just horrendous. It's just it just it's just shit. They should get rid of it completely. Game should just go to penalties after ninety minutes. Fuck all the extra time shite. I, I agree. I think extra time might have had its ta- it had had it, it might have had a role at one point, but now it's just two teams just looking at each other saying, "Well, I'm not taking any risks." And I just think players saying, well, and also players risks. put so much physically into games now. There's so much intensity in football. I just think you can see it in the legs. There's just things. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the quality drops massively in extra time. I think you There's don't so see many injuries as well. Yeah, and not yeah. just us. Everyone. Yeah. Players yeah. are just dropping like flies. 
the earlier rounds go straight to penalties, don't they, as well? So I, I think yeah. the final should as well. I think extra time is, we, we gain nothing from it. We learn nothing from it. All it is is his lads who are already tired yeah. running more. It feels like an anachronism now to a to a, an era that that we've moved way beyond. I'd, I'd fuck it off completely. Players yeah, I, going down with I, cramp and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. You know, like you, but back in the day, you know, extra time was always just chance to make yourself a hero. Whereas yeah, now, and it was there were some iconic moments in extra time where the you know back 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 when you know Istanbul. Think about like Kara Kara cramping up and playing on and all of that, but like. I don't want. I don't really want to see. If I've got a choice, I don't want to see players who are impeded by the amount of running they've had to do. I want to see. Mm. I want to see real, real quality football. So I, yeah, I agree. That. I, I, I don't want to agree. see it Sunday. Absolutely don't want to see it Sunday. And and, and also by the same token, don't want to see penalties. Let's no, just it, get it's, it it's fine. You won't because Mo's coming off the bench to get the winner. <laughs> and, nice. And and is there anything worse as well when you're watching a, a game? It's been a decent game. It goes to extra time, which is always boring because no one wants to attack. And then there's a deflected 118th minute winner when you're waiting for penalties. And I, I enjoy penalty shootout when it's not Liverpool. There's nothing worse than that when you're watching the game and you, you're looking forward to the shootout and it gets taken out yeah, of your hands. Cheated by a, out of it. Che- cheated out of penalties by a poxy 118th minute deflected winner. Uh, we're done then, aren't we? Anything else? Yeah. No, I think that's it, mate. Oh, I just wanted to say, did you see Harvey at the end of the game? He just what? collapsed. Oh, was it Harvey? He was yeah. on the floor. He just as soon as the whistle went, he just collapsed. He was oh yeah, fucked. right. I was amazed he was kept on, because the socks were down like from about an hour in, and he still just kept running and running and running. But you could see like, and he he, he got um he got fouled by Barkley, and it looked like he might have been injured. And Klopp was about to make a change. I think it was when Dan's was coming on. Yeah, and then. He he stopped the, the the change and he was like shouting to Harvey. He's like, "Are you okay?" And Harvey's like, "Yeah." But the whistle went and he just collapsed in a heap. And then Connor Bradley had to come on and pick him up. But it just made me think, "Yeah, you're not starting on Sunday. There's no way." Back on the bench, impact sub, and Gravenberg got brought off early as well. So I think we that tells you a lot about yeah. the he team started. selection. Bradley and Gravenberg getting brought off. Just what? Just you just made me think. Reflect again there. What is? Harvey's attitude before proper red absolutely buzzes off every moment he spends yeah. on the pitch yeah. fucking yeah, love him fantastic same brilliant okay we done then yeah nice one boys right well we'll be back after the final uh, when Mo comes off the bench to get the winner so uh, until then thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good